0: Got car trouble. Now's the time to talk with Jerry on the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. Call in now at 719 1490.
1: Well, if you're one of the millions who own one of them gas drinking, piston, clanking, air polluting, smoke belching four wheel buggies from Detroit City, then pay attention. I'm about to sing your song, son. Huh? Good morning, Southern Arizona and the rest of you out there in cyberspace, coast to coast, actually around the world. Welcome to the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show right here on ESPN ESPNTucson.com, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM. Got two stations, AM and FM, doing it simulcast, should be able to catch it either direction. I'm Jerry Simmons, your host. Along with me, Riding Shotgun, I think, is Mr. Jim Mooney from Frontier Towing. Jim, are
0: you there? I am, Jerry. Good morning. Remember, uh, it's super safe Saturday. Jim's on the radio. That means slow down, move over. <laughs> Drive safe. Stay hydrated. Watch the heat. It's going to be are hot you trying- today.
1: It's, it's been hot the last couple of days, buddy. Uh, so you're you're you're... Proclaiming every Saturday that you're on, it's a super safe Saturday. Is that because you don't want to have to work so hard on Saturday after doing the show?
0: I want people to be safe when they drive, but yeah, I I, I want to take a break. <laughs> it's it, it's a it, it's a it's a good cause that maybe maybe help me out a little bit. Yeah, I want I want everybody to go home safe today.
1: Well, I agree with you. I think it, they need to go home safe. But I'll swear, after driving around this week, uh, people need to quit texting and driving. No, let me let me correct that. Quit texting and attempting to driving. Attempt to drive at the same time. I, you, I I don't know how the DUI task force actually separates the two. Of course, they're you know a little bit better trained than I am. But oh my gosh. Uh, Changing lanes halfway in your lane, and they just—it's unattended driving is very dangerous. Whether you are eating a hamburger and you drop it, and you say, "Oh my gosh, I'm going to get it all over my clothes now. I got to—I got to swerve all out of the lanes and stuff and clean it up." Unattended driving is very dangerous, and texting and driving is one of those little deals there. The average response time on a text, people, is 13 minutes. So if you get a text, in 13 minutes you can cover ah, a few miles here in Tucson, and you've got an opportunity to pull off and actually answer those texts. Please don't get in a crash or hurt yourself and somebody else just because you think, oh, it's so important. If it was so important, there's nothing you can do about it in your car anyway. Uh So pull off and answer the text so that you can relax a little bit, knowing that you've answered the text that's real critical about bringing home a gallon of milk or uh, uh, whatever. But there's nothing you can do about it while you're driving your car except try to get off the road without crashing or hurting yourself and someone else. So please do that. And, you know, there's a law. You're not supposed to be texting and driving uh, unless you're on a uh, remote and uh, But it's it's awful hard. Uh, I, I have a phone. I know what you're going through. I, and that's why I know that you can still pull off and answer a text. If it's that critical and when it comes through and you don't have a remote, you don't know what it is, and so, oh, it triggers that, I've got to find out what this text is, find a place to pull off and find out what the text is, you know. Don't try to run over Jerry in a three-quarter-ton Dodge diesel, uh, or anybody else out there, for that matter. And uh, maybe we'll give Jim a little bit of breathing room today. Anyway, true, I said all that to say all this. Go ahead, Jim.
0: I was going to say, the, the, you know, the, the funny thing is, you don't even know what the text is going to say when you open it up to find out that your car warranty got extended. Did you really need to see that? <laughs>
1: hey i deal with that seven days a week on these phones and stuff and politics oh my gosh political i've never had so many requests to do a political survey in my life and i just keep hanging up on them and tell them don't call me back and everything that i can do and it still keeps coming in just a flood of phone calls however being around for as long as i've been around over the last probably eh, twenty years, that has really gotten stupid. I mean, I know that you've got to use the phones. I know you've got to get your name out. I know, I know all this crap. But uh, when you donate to a political party, one political party—I don't care if it's two dollars—you donate to a political party, and all of a sudden, you're getting calls from all over the country from that party. And you go, and uh, my buddies and stuff had done the same thing, Says I'm never going to donate to a political party again because it opens that floodgate to the party that you donated to, and here comes the rush. And then it's all day long. For instance, yesterday, seven phone calls that was to do surveys, and at the end of their surveys, they want to know if you want to commit to giving them money you wanna actually sign on. I, I will commit to giving you blah blah blah. They don't give a crap what you say on that survey. They don't listen, that's quite obvious. You know, they never have. I don't see why they starting now. But anyway, that's that's my soapbox for this morning. Um, all right, Jim. What's going on out there on the roads, buddy? Well it's hot. It's Other real hot
0: construction. <laughs> <laughs> other than construction.
1: What you mean? What's your
0: um <laughs> other than construction that, you know, the Broadway the Broadway th- corridor that's been, you know, seems like the never-ending construction project uh, for the last 4 years. Mm-hmm. Uh it mm-hmm. it's uh it's pretty standard stuff, you know, uh overheats on on radiators, tires, uh lots of t- tire issues. Um battery issues overhe- you know batteries that are just that are you know you think they're gonna last five years but they only last three um, and then and then the gamut of, of stuff transmission issues we we see uh, a lot of transmission overheat a lot of transmission issues um, and then just normal the normal breakdown stuff um normal breakdown right um, of of you know won't start uh. But mostly just, you know, like I said, there are a lot of battery issues. We see a lot of battery issues, a lot of a lot of cooling system issues. Because well it's hundred and ten degrees outside. And that's what takes place out here when it gets when right. it gets hot even and then it's muggy. So it's a boot so that so your 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 cooling system's working overtime. Um, most people don't tow for an A C issue because they can just drive it with the windows down, although they're very unhappy. Uh, they can still move their cars around. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the cooling systems, with the when it gets hot, you know, um, pump, water pumps failing, leaking radiator hose, uh, plugged radiators, you know, overheat radiators for either external debris or just not lack of maintenance on the cooling system. Uh, we see a lot of that right. right now. Right now, that's really, really prevalent. And batteries batteries the batteries are you know just won't start you know and it's funny you'll see when i just just changed it and sometimes you see them where they just they just die batteries just they just fail you know and then when you're paying 200 Mm dollars for a new battery you really really you know it was only 100 last year a couple years ago it was 100 now it's two especially an agm battery the, the the hybrid uh at lead acid matte battery, you know, two hundred and seventeen dollars, and you're just like, "Gee, man, Christmas!" That'll put a wrinkle in your day. So, that's the kind that'll of that'll put that a thing wrinkle in that, your day. That'll put a wrinkle in your day. You know, it's yeah, it's. Yeah, I mean.
1: Oh, but before I forget it, I have two family four packs to the uh, raceway tonight, Tucson Speedway. Two family four packs. Callers number one and two seven one nine fourteen ninety seven one nine fourteen ninety. I'm wanna put it out early in the show so I don't wait till the last minute <laughs> uh because I'll probably get sidetracked as I normally do when I'm talking to Jim. We 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 I have a planned program right out for two hours. And so Jim takes off this morning and Jim and I have not discussed the program. And he comes up with vehicle repairs and uh, problems that you're having out there, which, yeah, I know they're they're going to be there. They have for the last 46 years I've been in business. And so I was scanning during the week, and it says top 10 most common vehicle repairs. So you want to know what the public is doing or your counterparts out there that's driving across the country. This is a cross-the-country survey. I'm going to let you know right now so that you won't feel like you're the lone stranger sitting out there in a repair shop getting this stuff done. The number one repair that's going on or service is oil and oil filters. Change the vehicle's engine oil every three to 5,000, depending on a vehicle-making and model and also what it shows in the owner's manual. Uh Filters are normal wear items that require checks. And replacements. Now, I haven't. The only time I check in inside of a uh, oil filter is when we're running a race car, and we change it after the, or pull the filter at the end of a race uh, before getting to the next race, and see if there's any kind of uh, slivers and in what's inside the filters. I've got a brother in North Carolina that when he changes his oil on his regular vehicles, he cuts He's got a cutter. He bought a cutter to cut the filter off. And he spread that thing out to see if there's any surprises that in the oil filters, so that's one that's number one repair item number two repair item is wiper blades now here in arizona we I've been chasing rainstorms for well since the monsoon season started i'm yet I had one rain that was heavy enough to wash the dust off the windshield, other than that, I'm sitting in a little area that the good Lord's decided I don't need water, I guess, because it's dodged me all the way around. But that's a number two repair is wiper blades. Wiper blades every six months or when they're cracked, torn, or cut, or streaking or chattering across the windshield. Number three is the air filters. Replace annually or more often in areas with heavy airborne contaminants, i.e. Tucson, Arizona. And whenever heating and cooling efficiency is reduced, Arizona. So replace your air filters and see if you can't give that engine just a little bit of help. Number four in the nation, scheduled maintenance. Typical maintenance includes engine performance, oil, filters, fluids, wheels and tires, Check engine light, belts and hoses, air conditioning, brake service, and appearance. Wash the vehicle. You're supposed to wash the vehicle about once a week. If you're talking to um, Spectre Minor Road, uh, he'll tell you you need to hand polish that thing with some wax every six months in Tucson. That'll keep the hot spots down. And I'm going to be one of the the unfortunate ones that's got to take mine into a paint and body shop. And have the car top, hood, top, and back actually painted and to clear the little burnt spots on top. I don't I don't like those, they're ugly. And so I got stuck with that. But that's you need to wax it every six months and you don't put wax on rubber components because it dries it out, makes them crack. All right, that's number four. Number five, tires. Rotate the tires every 6,000 miles. I try to rotate them between 5 and 6. That way I won't mess up too far. Tire replacement is necessary if the tread depth is below the minimum legal requirement or the sidewalls are severely cracked or punctured. That's number five in the top of the list for repairs. Number six, batteries. Connections should be clean, tight, and corrosive-free. If the battery is three or more years old, it should be tested and replaced as necessary. Welcome to Tucson, Arizona. The average battery life in Tucson is 24 to 30 months. Now, we're in a severe, like Jim was talking about a while ago. It's, It's hot out there. That battery is is producing everything to try to keep up with everything going on in your car air conditioning of course air conditioning we run 24/7 anyway but still it needs to be checked we the independent garages and the dealerships have the ability and the equipment to check a battery and tell you how much life is left in that battery. That's something we've had probably for about the last 15 years. But you don't know it, so you don't know it to get it checked. Brakes. Check the entire brake system every year, once a year. And what I recommend is when you have your – the average driving time or driving miles in Tucson – or they're they're claiming is about 12,000, that's nationally, 12,000 miles a year. In Tucson, we drive a little bit further than that, probably up around 15, because we will park our cars, we'll buy a house on the far east side of Tucson against Saguaro National, and we'll work in Oral Valley. So we drive a lot of miles during the year. Uh, include the break check, this is your check this should be done when you have a oil service done when a good shop does an oil service this is probably this is what they look at and it's not really for the upsell for you it's to keep you safe out on the road and then they'll write it down and then you have a way to track it in the event that something starts to go south before the next oil service is doing, you can have you'll have a heads up on it. It just it's staying on top of your repairs to keep this thing from breaking down and you having to call uh, Frontier Towing seven four eight eleven hundred and pick you up on the freeway or out of the resident area and take you over to a shop because Jim's fuel prices is getting no no cheaper than the rest of us out there. So you're going to feel the little pinch because he has to figure out a way to budget his business in order to stay in business and be able to come back and pick you up. So brake fluid should be changed every two to three years or 24,000 to 36,000 miles. I recommend if you're going to be hauling around Tucson and you use your brakes a lot, like stop and go, stop and go. Stop and go, believe it or not, is severe duty. Severe duty, that's one of the little things on it is stop-and-go traffic. So do it. Check it. You can check it every 12 months. We got strips. We can put in there and check your brake fluid. And you just have it checked. When you go in to get a oil change, have it checked. Oil service, we check it. Simmons checks it. Automotive specialist checks it. Parker Automotive checks it. So we try to keep you out on the road, and we'll let you know. What you do with the information we give you is entirely up to you. We don't have a gun to your head, okay? We don't have a gun to your billfold either. And anything that I'm telling you on this radio, you can verify it, but you can go to Google. You can you can check it with 10 other shops, whatever you want to check. But they're going to tell you the same thing if they've been around for 47 years, 46 years, 47 years, almost 47 now, like Simmons has. You know, this is this is not a joke. We're trying to save you some money because if everybody broke down in Tucson, Arizona, trust me, Simmons, automotive specialist, and Parker Automotive, if you broke down at the same time, we can't repair your vehicle. Then you're going to be six and seven months out instead of two and a half weeks. So just just pay attention to your brakes. Brakes is one thing you don't play with. It's a safety item. It's a safety item. When you have an oil service done, have to be sure and check the slides on the brake calipers and have, make sure that they're running clean and they're running lubed so that they don't start sticking and frying your brake pads. Okay. Antifreeze number eight. Antifreeze. Change the coolant at specific interval intervals or with the and with the correct fluid as indicated in the owner's manual. Now, we know that uh GM had a little problem with the brown fluid, <laughs> it turned out to be brown uh and clabbered. And this thing was supposed to be a lifetime antifreeze, people. It circulates. It circulates a lot when the RPMs up on the engine. Its job is to cool the engine down. When the fluid breaks down on the inside, it starts to turn brown and it turns in like clabbered chocolate milk on the GM product and people say well I'll just change that fluid out and I'll I'll put new fluid in well it's a lifetime fluid supposed to go about 150,000 miles that's their definition of lifetime and when this stuff breaks down and you change your fluid in your mind you think okay I've changed the fluid now I've got another 150,000 miles of protection Nope, it doesn't work like that. When you change your fluid, then you change your antifreeze again. Over two years, 24,000 miles when you're driving in extreme climates, which is Tucson, Arizona. So get that antifreeze changed out. Give it a chance to have the properties that are inside the cooling system to work like they're supposed to. Keep the corrosion down. uh, Keep the fluid free enough where it can actually disperse the heat from the engine because that is part of your cooling system for the engine is the antifreeze itself. The rest of them is your circulation, how clean you keep the block on the outside to keep that blanket off the engine and let this thing work like it's supposed to. Okay, number nine, engine tune-up. That engine tune-up, tune-up comes from when they were working on the A models, uh, Model A's and all the other things, when they used a tuning fork, to actually tune the engine. Now it's called a major service. And it's based on spark plug type. The replacement intervals can range from 30,000, which is like on some of your Hemi engines, Mopars, up to 100,000. And that's based on the fact that nothing happens and the severe duty and how you run this thing. Start checking those spark plugs. If you've got a 100,000-mile spark plug in that thing, about 60,000 when you go in to have your 60,000-mile service done, have them pull a plug and take a look at it. Because as the electrodes wear out on the bottom side of the plug, which is inside the engine, it creates more pressure and more resistance on the coils, whether it be an independent coil or a over engine, which is a coil on every spark plug. Because those... When you start creating more backup on them, they don't fire. It takes more energy to fire them, and they'll wear out the coils. So when you go 100,000 miles and it's and it running like a piece of crap at 100,000 miles, you say, oh, oh, okay, that's normal. I've got to change the spark plugs. You may have to change the coils. You may have to change the coil wires, which should be done at around 75,000 on a regular engine that doesn't have the coilovers and you're, it's going to cost some money to have this thing done. So you need to go ahead and budget for this repairs on these motors. And by the way, spark plug wire, wires, uh, that's a normal wire item. They're like brake shoes. They don't last forever, okay? And also replace the fuel and air filters when they're doing the engine tune-up. I mean, that's part of it. Unless that air filter shows brand new, and you got the paperwork to prove it, that thing needs to be out because they can only hold so many um, grams of dirt, and then they start to bypass. And once they start, they'll plug, and then they'll bypass because the engine's got a lot of suction in there. And so you want to keep those air filters and fuel filters clean. Fuel filters start to plug, and they put a strain on that little fuel pump system and your fuel delivery system. And then you have premature failure on the fuel pumps that's very expensive in some of these vehicles. The fuel pump is in the tank on most of the vehicles it's in the tank and it is cooled with the exception of some of the stuff uh later model stuff. That fuel is cooled that fuel filter uh fuel pump is cooled by fuel. When it comes back, returns from the engine, whatever's left over, and it's sitting in a tank, it's cool. Well, road temperature is 160 degrees. How hot do you think that tank is? It's amazing that it don't blow the bottom end of the car off. But it doesn't. It's designed really well. And you have to change the fuel filter to keep the resistance down in that line 18 to 20 feet or 16 to 20 feet from the back all the way up to the front. And you do that by changing the fuel filters. You can change them once a year, which is what I recommend, what uh, Brian recommends at Automotive Specialists, and probably what Parker recommends over at Parker Automotive, is you need to get change, stay on top of these filters because they're designed to filter out debris, which means they're catching it. They're plugging it up. So the surface that used to allow it to flow through freely is now being plugged. So you want to stay on top of that. All right, number 10. Now, this was the top 10 repairs done. Number 10 is wheel alignment and balance. Check the car's alignment at least annually. Okay, in Tucson, (laughs) you might put it on the same rotation as changing your wiper blades at six months. However... If you are running and you drive every day and you, instead of 12,000 miles a year, you're 24,000 miles a year. Put that thing on about a 12,000 mile and and check that wheel alignment and balance. And when you do a tire rotation, rotate the tires at 6,000 miles and go ahead and have the wheel alignment done then or wheel balance done again so that you'll have this thing running and get the maximum wire out of the tires. Do a wheel alignment with the purchase of a set of new tires. When you buy a brand-new set of new tires, get the wheel alignment to go with it and make sure that your front end is not going to take out that brand-new set of tires. Now, this is a national thing. This is most common repairs. This is an open line Saturday, as usual, 719-1490, 719-1490, and give us a call down here. Jim and I will discuss just about anything you want to discuss as long as it has to do with automobiles. We'll even get into heat-related injuries if you want to, because I'm in search and rescue. However, let's stay with the cars and anything that has to go with the cars, 719-1490. Remember, I already have two family packs to the racetrack tonight. That's seven one nine fourteen ninety. That's two family four packs for callers one and two. So don't forget that. All right, Jimbo, what else you want to take off on on this? Now that we've got that and yes, I have a lot more stuff to cover, but I want to make sure that you've got your your quarters worth of information in here because your information is very valuable. Go ahead.
0: Well, uh, um, who was who was this hour of the of the show brought to you by? What? Who was this hour of the show brought? I didn't hear to you. Who who sponsored this hour of the show? That's what I want to know first. We don't want to forget that guy.
1: You want to forget him?
0: Spectre <laughs> <No. laughs>
1: Minor him. Road auto collision.
2: There Spectrum
1: Minor Road Auto Collision. It's seven four four forty four fifty four. Also Frontier Towing is seven four eight eleven hundred, which is you, by the way. And uh Merrill's Auto out on West Ajo, fifteen West Aho. Uh they have the machine shop out there. The phone number is eight oh seven forty ten. And they have a machine shop, so you uh do it yourselfers that are working on road brake systems, rotors, drums. And clutch systems, which it requires flywheels being trued up. Uh, they have a service, machine shop service out there. The reason I'm giving you that number there, 807-4010, is so you can call and see if they've got time to get your rotors turned today so that you won't be down for your car, you know, on Monday morning when you need it. Uh, Parker Automotive, 323-1960. 5101 East Speedway. Automotive Specialist 572 1734 Brian Fuller's Place over at 3611 West Ina Road at Meredith and Ina. Brian's cell number is 237 3852. All right. Now, are you happy? <laughs> uh,
0: well, Jim, hello. Some, sometimes we we forget those guys, um, not intentionally. Um no. are talking about brakes. Brakes and brakes and brake service. Um, you know, um, when you said uh, bra- driving in Tucson is extreme duty on brakes, you're right. You, I mean, if you drive through town, it seems like you're stopping at every single stoplight, every crosswalk light, mm-hmm. every there. – there isn't – the flow seems really difficult in this town. So you're always on your brakes, Um and we do see uh, brake failures. Uh, people are having issues with you know overheated brakes and basically no no maintenance of brakes. So and brake systems today are are a lot different than they used to be. They're not just old drum brakes with a wheel cylinder. It's there you know there's like you mentioned last week there's the the power brake you know the electronic uh, parking brake you know it's coupled into your brake system. Yep. There's the, all the all the anti-lock which is. And, which is much more sophisticated than it ever used to be. Um, not, not that that's bad. It's just that you know when you're working on these systems, they're really complicated. So if you think you're just going to open up and slap on a set of brake shoes, you know after you ran it, after you ran them down the the pads down to metal to metal, then you got another thing coming. So um, having them inspected at least once in a while and and getting them maintained is a big deal. Flushing the brake fluid, like you said, with the with the uh, the stop and go that stuff gets hot and nasty and dirty, and that stuff needs to be needs to be taken care of and like i said i I don't know anybody who doesn't drive in this town that isn't on their brakes every it's like every five seconds every ten seconds you're stopping at a stoplight crosswalk light somebody crossing the road because well, you they feel get- like it you know.
1: Absolutely. And the time you don't want to find out that your brakes don't work is when you need them and you have to get all over them to try to stop the vehicle. Keep in mind, the anti-brake systems, it's called anti-skid, they will skid. (laughs) They do it with grace. Let's put it that way. They'll try everything in the world to keep them sliding. But... You've got to remember that you have little valves in there that have as close to zero clearance as you can have because it's got to build a lot of pressure in a short period of time. And people will pull, they'll pull up and you'll feel your brake pedal just pulsating just a little bit. That's the ABS system when you're getting on it hard. Keep in mind that the fluid has to circulate through the little valves on the inside of the brakes system that actually controls that. When the fluid is dirty, creates a problem. And the other thing you don't do when you're coming up to a stop like that is pumping the brakes on an ABS system delays the action of the ABS brake system. When you put your foot on that brake, you cross your fingers and you say, oh boy, I hope it works. And you stay on that brake and they will probably stop you. I've done it both ways. To see if there's a difference. There is a difference in the response to the ABS when you pump the brake. You pump it, it goes, okay, we got to stop this thing. Then you get your foot off of it. Then you go back. Well, I got to stop it. I got to release it. I got to go back instead of putting your foot on the brake and hanging on to it and let it do its job. Yeah, it's a little nerve wracking at times, but you also have to remember. Oh, did I have this brake? I've been driving this thing for three years, and I haven't done anything to the brakes. Okay? You better rethink that one because it, temperature is a big player. Inside some of these engine compartments, it's 275 degrees. If you don't have that cooling system working right, everything plays off of the cooling system. The heat, These uh, the brake fluid is pretty good stuff. Don't mix brake fluid. I mean, if it calls for DOT 3, use a DOT 3. If you're going to run a uh, synthetic brake fluid, you're not going to run it, uh, it. Trust me on this. I've seen it. We did it as an experiment and seen what happened. Um, but we did it on my truck, so it, you know, it didn't hurt anybody. It just I, I just sat there and laughed because we had an idea. We were told what it was going to do. It does it. Don't run synthetic brake fluid unless you have a virgin brake system. For the guys that are uh, building these old uh, collectibles, like I've got my Mustang, I don't put synthetic brake fluid in that Mustang because, one, I'm not going to replace every component on the brake system in order to do it. A virgin brake system is something that you have on your vehicle that's never had any brake fluid run through it, the regular dot threes and stuff like this that you run in them now. If you run a dot three through it, you think, okay, I'll just flush it out and I'll put the uh, synthetic in it. It won't work. It will give you, and you say, well, will it stop it? Well, yeah, maybe. It'll stop it, but the brake fluid's not going to do its job because it's already contaminated. It got contaminated when you put the synthetic in with the other dot three fluid they don't work so stay away from that and it will allow the brakes to fade so stay away from that one um uh, the other thing is on brakes brakes are no longer inexpensive like they were when i first got in of course you know when i first got in business they probably had you know give me a stick and wooden brakes or something like that but no the brake shoes are expensive. They have different different prices on brake shoes depending on what your budget allows you to have, and actually what size vehicle that you're driving, uh, what uh, the road you're traveling, the use of the vehicle. Everything is a player. Uh, We've seen. I have people call a radio station, and they'll say, "Jerry, said my brakes are squeaking. What do you recommend? Take a look." And I need to know some information. One, uh, is it do you have brake dust on the outside of your wheels uh your your rims do you have a lot of brake dust and if you have a lot of brake dust it's probably because the last brake job you got was a special and they used a inexpensive brake shoe which it doesn't make a noise but the brake dust mixes in with it and then you get the noise and first thing I tell you to do is take a garden hose, go out, and clean the brake dust off of this thing because I had a motorhome with the good brake pads on it, and I got dust all over the place, and that was because of the amount of driving and what those brakes on that motorhome was required to do. And I keep it clean. The person that I bought it from evidently did not. And so when I put a water hose on there, It only took me about 20 minutes to clean the the black stuff off of the brakes, and then it took me about an hour and a half to clean it off my concrete slab that I was sitting on. So stay on top of that. If you have your vehicle washed, that helps a lot. If you do it once a week, you probably will not have brake dust there. It's a normal wear because the more expensive brake rotors, Uh, pads that go on your wheels are probably as hard or harder than the rotors themselves so they will hold in longer but they also dissipate heat better and they'll give you a more positive stop now if you do uh, for the duration of the pad now if, if you'll do that you'll be a lot happier you won't have the noise. But don't forget the slide on the caliper that allows the caliper to move out and move back in. It goes out or it goes in when you put a pressure on it, and when you release the pressure on the pedal, the caliper moves back out to take the pads off of the rotors on both sides, the back side and the front side. Now, a good inspector, when he's looking at it, when you're having your uh, oil service done, will see the two. He'll measure the pads on the front. He'll measure the shoes and or whatever you've got on the back, pads on the back. And he will tell you what kind of life is left in that because the the pads up front and the rotors, the rotors have a federal specification on them. The drums have a federal specification on them. If you do a brake inspection and you see the pads are wearing down, but yet the rotor still looks pretty good. It's got a couple of, you know, little streaks in it. But if there are more than two thousandths on them, on, on the rotor, unless it's a warped rotor, which a caliper, a uh, we can calibrate it and see if it's turning true, then you don't have to have that rotor change. You can put a set of pads on that thing, button it back up, life is good and you will save buying those rotors cause trust me they are not inexpensive neither is the brake the brake drums you'd think would be less expensive because it's not of the new technology unless you got but they're very expensive you know a 12 inch drum i remember uh 12 by 3 turned out to be something like 280 bucks or something like that and i'm going Heck, I remember buying those things for sixty dollars, but I'm an old guy. I have been around a long time. You do not want to go through a $13, $14, dollars brake job. That is not uncommon if unless you if you don't pay attention to your brakes, when you do have that scream, scream or grinding sound, most brakes have a little sensor on it. When you get down to the wire line, that sensor was just, it's kind of like running your fingernails across a chalkboard. And you can hear it if you'll turn the radio down. And that, oh, that's another thing I wanted to tell you. When you're driving a car, a car will actually speak to you if you listen, but you got to turn your radio off to listen to it. And sometimes you got your air, well, most time you got your air on high, and that's got a, a noise in it. So as a general rule, Shut your accessories off. Drive a thing about a quarter of a mile. Hit your brakes and see what it's doing. And if you start hearing weird sounds, you're not losing your mind the car is talking to you. It's just giving you a forewarning that there's going to be an issue unless you get that thing checked out. Whether you do it yourself or you take it into an automotive specialist, a Simmons or a Parker Automotive, you need to pay attention to what the car is saying to you. Same thing with driving it with front end out of alignment. We've made excuses. I've seen this. Well, it, it you know, it, it it pulls to the right, but that's because the way the road is laid out. That's partially true. They have to bevel the road a little bit so that the water don't just stand on the road. And you can see where it's beveled and where it's not because you'll see the water standing on the road. If it's flat, it's going to be sitting on the road. That's reason a football field actually has a bevel to it so it get the water off the football field. So... Keep that in mind while you're out there putt-putting around. This is a machine. It's a 4,000 pounds. I I don't know what the average weight. I haven't checked the average weight on vehicles now. I do know that uh, my three-quarter ton weighs about 8,000 pounds. A half ton weighs about 6,200 pounds. Uh, My little Honda weighs about uh, 3,100, something like that. So everything is a player, but keep in mind, the brakes on these cars is designed for the size of the car that they're in, and a truck is the same way. So if you have a three-quarter ton four-by-four that you're not paying attention to, and you roll it into a shop to have the brakes fixed on it because you neglected it, and you got this big rattle up on the right-hand front like we've seen on a f-350 Ford, we pull it apart the rotor is broke in half and it's it, it is sitting there just raising a devil in the front end that cost that guy a chunk of money because it took out a lot more than just a brake rotor when you do brakes this is what you do it yourselfers when you do brakes put the brake hardware in there they don't cost that much. Put Replace the springs and all the little clips, everything in there when you do a brake job. Because if you don't, you've just completed about 60% of a brake job. You need to put those other things there because they're working overtime. And you need to put the brake hardware in there, so just go ahead and buy it all at the same time. Do it one time, have a good brake system, and you'll be happy. So... What else you got? You want to add to that one, Jim? Oh, that's a,
0: that's you do a lot of your hardware. stuff. Uh, yeah, with the brake hardware, um, you know, cleaning any any all the parts off, you know, any like the slides if they're rusty or got that the nasty brake, you know, the 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 corrosion on them because the brakes get corrosion and. And then there's the lube. Don't forget about the the anti-seize lube that comes with it. Okay, That's, that that lube is really – it's high temperature, really important. And just remember, I, I know that we all think this, but I, I'm, an OEM manufacturer wouldn't put the stuff on there unless it was needed. They don't just spend extra money because they th- think it's a good idea. They put it on there for a reason. If If an OEM could get away without putting mm-hmm. it on there – they're going to, because they just want to save money. Um, but they, but that when all the, all that like Jerry says, all that hardware is on there. It's on there for a reason, and when it and breaks, t- you know, 200 degrees under the hood, th- that brake rotor it gets five or 600 degrees or 700 degrees when when you're on when you're laying on the brakes. So all that stuff gets really hot. Oh yeah, it's temperature sensitive. It, you know, spring metal, which, you know, wears out over time just because it gets hot, then cold, hot, then cold. All that stuff, it, it it's consumable, just like the brake pads. They, 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 uh, it just wears out over time. Okay, it's what happens. That's that's what happens like us. We wear out over time. Got to, got to do a little routine maintenance once in a while. Uh, you know, go to the dentist once in a while if, you, if you're brave enough. Right, Jerry? If you're brave enough to go to the dentist? Exactly, yeah, yeah, well.
1: <laughs> anybody
0: anybody that
1: says uh, speaking of I was at the dentist this week and um twice, and anybody that says that car repairs is, is as stressful as going to a dentist evidently hasn't been to a dentist very often <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: as but Parker, you know as, you made as some, Scott your- over Parker said do a little bit of do a little bit of preventive maintenance all time. Do a little bit of maintenance all time on a vehicle then it won't beat you to death. And even with doing maintenance on dentistry after a few years you're going to have to have some work done and it's not because you haven't been taking care of yourself it's just that uh things change. You wear stuff out. And um uh, so it same thing on the automobile, you know. My my dentist actually told me, he says, you know, dentistry is kind of like auto repairs. If you do the proper maintenance on them, you can keep your teeth just forever. And I'm going, I don't know what that, uh, I, I don't know how that is. But you've you got to remember there's other things in your body that controls uh, dentistry too. So, and there's other thing in a car that controls what's going to happen to something because one thing will quit the computer will override that and then make it go in. That's like a limp mode. and uh, But you're still going to have to have the repair. So a little bit of preventive maintenance all the time, like Parker Automotive recommends. Simmons recommends it also. And so does automotive specialists. Stay on top of these things. You won't have these monster things. I know that cars are inexpensive now. Uh Yeah. And uh used cars, used cars that are 50,000 miles are still around six thousand dollars. And uh so I I I'm well aware of that. I'm just trying to make you aware of it. What else you got on that? Jim? And if,
0: and if you're, well if you're doing if you're doing a little bit at a time, it's it's far easier to budget. If you go to your mechanic and he says hey we need to do we need to do this preventative maintenance and it's a hundred or two hundred or even three hundred dollars sometimes that's that you know that might be a little bit of a shock, but it's it's you could it's it's doable. He walks in and says, Oh by the way, you haven't touched your brakes in in three years, and they're metal to metal and I don't even know how you're stopping it and by the way, it's four thousand dollars you're you know that's a that's pretty insurmountable amount. You, at that point, you're now you're thinking, what do you want to keep the car? You know, if it's an older car. Do I want to spend four thousand dollars on the brakes? You know, I mean, having that shock that shock load um, expense is pretty hard for people to accept. I mean, I know I it was hard for for me. So, but if you if you tackle a little bit of a time, it's not quite so bad. It's like the old adage, you know, how do you eat an elephant? Well, you eat it one bite at a time. So if you take these, if you take these tasks on just a little bit at a time, it's not quite so bad, and you can you can keep it in in uh, keep you from going insane, or not having AC on at your house. I don't know. Well, because right. now you're spending money on gas, you can't That's you can right. you got to spend money on fuel. So you know, doing a, just a little bit at a time can really really help your pocketbook just by you know uh, budging it over over. A, a, a long period even if it's over six months or a year you know a lot of guys a lot of good guys will tell you hey this is we we looked at this this is we need this is a critical this is a wash you know this is we, we want to plan this out for six months and at least you know what's going to happen right. at least you have a plan versus just taking that oh hi that's here's right. a sticker shock you know and that's because that's really tough to well do, so.
1: In the owner's manual, for the ones of you that uh, have read the owner's manual, uh, they have recommended service intervals, you know, and it's generic, okay? And I remember doing a 60,000-mile service because it was in an owner's manual for a guy on a Ford product. And that thing, by the time you got through doing everything, that that 60,000 mile service on this vehicle that sucker was 560 570 uh, just a little under $600 to do that and i'm sitting there scratching my head going holy cow i mean how can you possibly prevent all of this stuff from biting in the rear end at one time a little bit of maintenance all time, a little bit of time maintenance, okay? It lasted for three years. Is it going to last for four years, or is it going to wait to four years and then explode, and i got to spend five times the amount of money that I could have had it done a year ago? Voila, brakes. Have your brakes inspected. If you can change those pads without having to change the rotors, hey, say you're saving a lot of money, a lot of money. And it's a quicker job. You're down less time with your vehicle in a shop getting it done, But uh, keep in mind, everything on a vehicle now, from the antifreeze to the oil, lube products, everything is up because of the price of oil. Everything has changed. Uh, Tires right now, they're expensive as a son of a gun. That rotor under your hood is just to the inside of your rim on that tire. When you put the brake on, you're going to generate a lot of pre- a lot of heat coming out of that rotor. And you've got these old tires, and that heat will uh, go ahead and migrate right up to the rubber on the tires. You see it in NASCAR all the time. Anybody watching NASCAR? The rotors get red hot. First thing you know, you got a tire blown out. They have tubes going through the rotors to cool them down to keep the tires from blowing up. So uh, it's... Everything is a player with heat. Heat will absolutely destroy a car. It'll destroy a car. It'll destroy a motorhome sitting on your slab at the house. The UVs love to dry out plastic, love to dry out the roof coating, loves to eat your vehicle. You know, It's almost like it ought to be against the law, but there's no way to put law on Mother Nature. She's going to do what she wants to do. You just have to figure out how you can combat it and prolong the agony. And without a pre- uh, preventive maintenance program or a little bit of maintenance all the time, it ain't going to happen. You're going to spend a lot of money before you get this thing done. Automotive Service Association did a 10-year survey. People who do preventive maintenance on a vehicle spend 40 to save 40 to 50% over the life of that vehicle by doing preventive maintenance. One, you get a better dependable car. You get a safe dependable car. That's the plus. That's the big one. And plus, you're not spending all of that money at one time, but you're preventing the major breakdowns later on. It is a piece of mechanical electronic computer rolling down the road in a hostile environment. That's the read you stay on top of these things so that you don't have the breakage. The other thing that people are ignoring is the rubber components under the hood. One is the timing belt, if it's still running a timing belt instead of a timing chain. And if you don't change the oil regular in a vehicle, it wears out the timing chain. The uh, As far as a, having a uh, rubber belt on the timing and a serpentine belt, Mother Nature is going to work on that with the UVs anyway but you still have to look for the cracks and the rubber belts. It says if you have a crack and a rubber belt, like one every two inches or an inch or something like that, uh, it's you, yeah, you've got a crack and you should be watching it at that point. Well, if I'm on any place in Tucson or southern Arizona or Arizona and I've got a crack in that belt and I see it, I'm going to get it changed before I leave or... Buy a belt, put it on the seat, or put it in a toolbox so I'll have a belt to change when I get out in the middle of nowhere. Don't forget your serpentine belts or your V-belts because a serpentine belt runs almost 100% of everything under your hood as far as your uh, alternator, your water pump, your air conditioning. It's one belt now. And when that son of a gun goes out, You have to call Frontier Tow and have that vehicle towed in because you don't have anything. Power steering, you have nothing. You don't have anything to cool the motor down with. You don't have any fluids transporting, and it's just a disaster, and all because of a stinking serpentine belt. So make sure you check the belt. I just told you how to check it. Make sure the engine's off and not running. Reach in there. I'll tell you again. I remember I told you about three weeks ago. Reach in. Turn the belt up to where you can see the little grooves in the belt and see if you've got cracks in them. When they start to crack out, that means they're dry. If they've got a polished look on them, that means that your pulleys are probably worn out. And you can get these little belt testers at Merle's, but cracks are obvious. You can see a crack. And so just make sure that that's taken care of because that will stop you It's out of sight, out of mind. The water transportation system on these vehicles, they've improved it with a lot of different uh, composition of hoses. But they still, if they're rubber, they need to be changed about once every four years to five years in Tucson. And if I'm pushing five years, I'm not taking it out of town. And I know... From experience, that replacing a water transportation system, all the hoses at one shot is about an eight and a half hour job on a on a, a four fifty coach, and it comes in a box as big as a refrigerator, and it's a one piece, so everything has to come off at one time, and everything has to go on at one time, and you better have a diagram, because that looks that's like hooking up a bucket of spaghetti to something. It reminds me of the old Hondas that had the little vacuum ports that had like 29 or 39 vacuum ports that you had to get. And so when you started pulling those out, you had to replace them one port at a time, because even with a book sitting there looking at you in the face, it's hard to replace all that stuff. And By the way, when you're working under your hood and you've got vacuum lines on and you get through with your car and you put it back together and it's not running right, say, oh, my gosh, you know, that's that's amazing. It was actually running before I decided to tune it up, and now it don't want to run right. If you've got old 10 years, 15 years, 20 years vacuum lines under there that were sealed and you bumped it, it broke the seal on it. It's still not disconnected. It's just not working. It's blowing air. It's blowing vacuum, right? Sucking vacuum. And we're va- sucking air, and we're supposed to be vacuum. And it's not going to run right. So when you're under the hood doing a tune-up on your own vehicle and you've got vacuum lines, take, it, take a look at your vacuum lines. And if, if you can squeeze them with your fingers and they're still pliable, you've got a fighting chance. But... If you have that issue, go back and check your vacuum lines. And if you can just very gently reach and pull one off, that means that the seal's broken, and that line needs to be either cut off if you've got enough left and flex on the the rest of it, or you have to replace that vacuum line. So when you're doing this, don't forget that little stuff. It makes a big difference. All right, how much time we got left now? We got about a minute? Yeah, we got about a minute. How much... um, about a minute and a half. We're good to go. Jim, you got anything you want to add to that? The little stuff uh, that on your, we overlook the, when the, we're the, actually the, working.
0: Real real quick on the belts, um, the the cracking in the belts is really good. Also check the side of the belt on a serpentine. Tensioners have a real tendency to fail. They're like the number one failure point on, on serpentine. And if your bearing on mm-hmm. your on your tensioner goes, it'll it'll sideload the belt and you'll see rub occurring on your, like your alternator pulleys. And then you'll start seeing little, little threads coming off the belt. That's when you start to know that there's an alignment issue. So and that, when that idler pulley gets ready to go get cut loose, <laughs> you're going to see it and it's going to, you're going to be out of a belt and a tensioner. So if you see those little tensioners, right. you see the tensioner getting crazy, um, check that the side loading of right. the belt. It's really, it's, i Seen that a lot. Seen that a lot on the cars. So, anyways, we're rolling up to the top Absolutely. of the hour,
1: Jerry. Yep, we're going to have to take a real quick break here. Fill up the coffee cup, get you a piece of paper, and get your questions lined up, and give us a call. 719 1490. Welcome to the Simmons Park Air Show right here on ESPN Tucson.
0: We'll be.